Welcome to this bonus end-of-the-year episode of Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodbaum, coming to you from Toronto. Thanks for listening wherever you are. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks for sharing the show with your friends and family, and thanks to everyone who shared their true stories. On most radio shows, maybe at the end of the year, they'll give the host some time off and force the editor at gunpoint to put out a best of the year episode. Since I make this podcast all by myself, I'll just drink some Baileys and hot chocolate and share a few of my favorite stories from the last year. Tara shared several stories about haunted schools, and her story about the haunted piano really moved me, so I'm going to be playing it next. But first, here's one of her stories that was one of my favorites that didn't make it into an episode yet. My best friend was murdered the summer when I was 10. Her brother totally lost it and killed the whole family. When I was 18 or 19, I went to her graveside. I always used to bring like a purple or a blue rose or, you know, like something off the wall because she would have liked that. I was crying, talking to her, I guess. I don't know. I was just talking. I didn't know if she could hear me or not. I felt something touch my shoulder. And when I turned around, it was her, the little girl that I remembered. She hadn't grown up or anything. Same freckles, same smile, same pigtails, like in braids. She didn't say anything. She just smiled. I took that as she was okay. Yeah, I don't usually talk about that, but... I guess there's some closure in knowing that her soul isn't uh, tormented. True enough, true enough. That smile just told me everything I needed to know. I went to boarding school in a little town of, well, village actually, pre-late Saskatchewan. It was built in 1919 and it was run by the Ursuline Sisters. There were so many ghosts in the school, it was not even funny. I used to practice piano during lesser study. When I'd be playing, suddenly there'd be the saddest piano song I have ever heard in my life. And the first time it happened, I thought it was another girl that was playing. But when I went to go check, she wasn't there. And the music was playing. I checked all four rooms, couldn't figure out where this music was coming from. So I decided to go up to the auditorium, which was just above us, thinking that someone must be playing up there. Get up there, open the door, music stops. Round the corner, no one could have gotten away from the piano quickly enough to hide. And there was no one in the auditorium and the music just stopped. This happened quite frequently when I was practicing. I always went to go check it out, never found who was playing that song. One day I asked one of the sisters, the one that was in charge of the music room, and she told a story about how there was this one young girl who came to the boarding school. I believe she was from Mexico. 
she ended up joining the Ursuline sisters because she basically had nothing left to go home to. She missed her family so much, she ended up hanging herself in the music room. That's where I was hearing this song. The saddest song I have ever heard in my life. Finally, I just accepted that this is the way it was going to be, but at first, it scared the living daylights out of me. I'm constantly collecting new stories, editing them, and finding common themes to make episodes around. Get in touch to tape your story for a future episode by going to www.supernaturalstories.ca. And while you're there, leave a review so more people hear about the show. About a year ago, I began keeping a diary of my synchronicities. The synchronicity is defined by Oxford as the simultaneous occurrence of events which appear significantly related but have no discernible causal connection. Here's one example. On April the 6th, 2018, I was getting my regular order of medicinal cannabis and ended up getting an unusually named strain I'd never heard of before called Warlock. That day, after a few months of setting it up, I got to meet with Bernard at his home and recorded stories from his lifetime of supernatural occurrences. Halfway through that conversation, Bernard started to tell a story about the ghost of Brujos. I put an excerpt of it recently in episode 22, and the original story is back in episode 11, Growing Up in Tucson. Brujos, Bernard told me, are warlocks. Warlock isn't a word you hear all that often, is it? Or how about another one? A few months ago, I was at a park in downtown Toronto at night when I heard the sound of coyotes howling. Probably something you hear very often in the countryside, but a little bit rarer in Toronto. So it's an odd coincidence that the very next day, I open up my computer and see an ad for a new brewery called the Crafty Coyote. The diary's filling up with examples like these. The other week, I was getting bored, so I watched a YouTube video about video game design, and they were talking about how they used Johnny Knoxville as one of their animation models. And then the next day, Johnny Knoxville's the guest on Hot Ones. It just sort of happens all the time. Maybe you should try keeping a diary of these things too. And if you have any synchronicities, get in touch with the show. Synchronicities can and often do revolve around dreams. Tristan got in touch with me from Montreal and told me about this very strange dream story. There's this thing that I thought was my mother and then it came out of the shadows and it had Giant mirrors for eyes, like round mirror eyes. Interesting. And horns. And it was moving so fast, it was almost like vibrating in motion. And then it changed to my new bedroom and my new apartment. And it came out from behind the brick chimney that was in my, in my apartment. And then I woke up, but in my bedroom. So it completely petrified. Whatever it was, it was something outside of the house, and it wanted in, but I couldn't really explain it. And then I had a friend who came to spend the night on the couch, and she was in the living room that had a back door facing the backyard. She got into bed with me that night because she was so scared. She said, I woke up, I looked out the back window, and she said, I saw this thing with horns and mirrors for eyes looking in at me. And I was just like, 
wow, okay. So that's exactly what I saw. So then I was horrified. I'm horrified just hearing that. That's so scary. <laughs> I've collected some more stories about paranormal dreams to share with you in future episodes. This next storyteller from Montreal as well, Jose, shared numerous stories with me, including this touching one about a dream she had. We were kind of going across the river to go on the other side. Her name was Mireille. I said to her, Mireille, what are we doing here? What are you doing? And she didn't say anything. She just looked at me and she smiled. She, she didn't say nothing. So I said, what are you doing? Where are you taking me? I said, I don't want to go there. I'm afraid. I'm stepping out of the boat. I mean, you know, let me go. She, she kept on smiling at me and she just waved goodbye at me. Suddenly, I was out of the boat. I could see her continuing her road on the river. And as she was getting farther, farther away until she disappeared, and I knew she was on the other side. And the other side looked freaky to me because I could see it was all like rocky mountains. It looked like there was no life, actually. No greenery, no trees, nothing, which is like rocks. And it was gray. And I was afraid I didn't want to go with her. So anyways, I wake up the next morning and I'm all shook up. You know, I'm, I'm shook. I went on her Facebook account. I wanted to tell her, hey, are you okay? Did something happen? Because I had this weird dream and I'm worried about you. You know, did you have an accident? Did something happen? When I went on her Facebook page, I kind of was freaking out. I felt so weird and I figured she's going to think I'm crazy if I say that, if I tell her about this dream. Maybe I'm going to scare her for nothing. So I decided not to say anything. I said to myself, I'll wait just a little bit until I hear from her because I was supposed to see her a couple of weeks afterwards. And I wanted to calm down. And I did have those kinds of dreams before. And people died like two weeks afterwards. This happened to me at least three times where I had these weird dreams and I knew the person would die. Just left it alone, but it was always on my mind. And one day, about two weeks later, I went on my computer during my lunch, which is something I never do. I don't know why that day I went and I turned on my computer. I went on Facebook and the first thing I see is the picture of my friend there. And her husband had written, I'm sorry, I'm very emotional when I think about this. She was only 56 years old. It said, Mon amour, tu as fermé les yeux pour la dernière fois ce matin. Je t'aime pour toujours. My love, you closed your eyes for the last time this morning. I will miss you, love you forever. And I screamed because I knew what it meant. Uh, anyways, I uh, contacted him and we started talking. I contacted her daughter and they told me what happened. She was having headaches. They did a scan, they couldn't find anything. And she had started losing her memory, having a hard time reading and writing. And she said to me, they tell me I'm having a burnout or a depression, but she says, I don't feel depressed. I just feel tired and I have a, a headache all the time. One day she had this uh, epileptic seizure and they took her to the hospital. They found that she had brain cancer. She was in the hospital two weeks. They did chemo for her two days and they said it's not working. Uh, the third week they put her in les soins palliatifs. I don't know how to say that in English. The palliative care ward. They sent her there. They said she would make it maybe three months max. She made it a week. From the moment she had her seizure until she died, it took three weeks. Three weeks she died of brain cancer. She didn't even know she had it three weeks before. 
I didn't even have time to find out because everything was so quick. I told them about my dream. I don't know if they believed me, but I knew something bad was going to happen to her. When people ask me about my favorite stories from the first season, one that continuously comes up is this story Crystal shared in Episode 2, Haunted Houses. She shares a bulk of the stories in that episode, but this one in particular stayed with me as being utterly bizarre and supernatural. We lose things. We would gain things. My brother seemed to get most of the gifts. Shucks. And (laughs) he collected Hot Wheels at the time uh, for one of them. Um, He also collected hats, and he would find them in his underwear drawer. So, (laughs) also things that I would find. Like one day, I had a friend that she moved away from Aurora with her family, and they moved to BC. And one day, I was just thinking about her, and it was about I was about twelve. She left when I was like seven or eight. I went to go get something, and it was weird. I was just like, "Go check my underwear drawer." Like something just told me. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I went right to the bottom and there was her health card. What? Yeah. Because I just thought it was the weirdest thing. I was just like, where would I? I was just thinking about her. And then I found her health card. I was like, it was her name, her last name, like the address they lived at, everything. It was like, a, it came in blue because she was from a different province. Today, my necklace broke for the fifth time, so it seems an appropriate day to share my own very supernatural story about that necklace. I was going to share it a few weeks ago. It felt appropriate to talk about around Hanukkah, because the necklace has a pendant of a Magin David, known as a Star of David, or Jewish star by some, although, in actuality, it's a shape that predates Judaism and is found all across the world. It's seen by the Jewish people as representing the magical protection of God. My mother gave me this Magen David about a year ago after I'd gone through a very rough surgery and it was supposed to be a good luck amulet. My uncle gave me a chain to wear it with. The problem is that the clasp kept breaking. The first two times it broke, I fixed it. The third time it broke, I was at my parents' house and my mom asked if she could fix it, but I put it in my pocket and insisted I would take care of it later. I drove home and then the first thing I did when I came in the door is reach in my pocket to pull out the necklace. To my horror, the chain was there, and another of the pendants, as it's called the Hamza, was there, but the Magin David was missing. When my mom had given it to me, she had insisted on telling me repeatedly not to lose it. I spent more than an hour searching through my car, and in the couple feet between my front door and the car, with a flashlight and everything, but it was gone. It didn't seem possible it could have gone out of my pocket, but it wasn't there. I was worried what she would think, so I spent some time online, and I finally found something close enough to that antique that I figured I could swap it and she might not notice. I ordered it from Israel, and then a month passed as it shipped here. Finally, it arrived, and I was set to meet my parents for dinner that night, so I put on the necklace again with the new Magen David. Just before dinner, I walked around the corner to check the mailbox which isn't next to my front door. When I got back with the mail there sitting smack dab in the middle of my doorstep was the real Magen David. It had reappeared just in time to wear it. 
Ever since then, I've been sharing that story with my friends, and with many of the people who speak to me on this show too, I just can't help but tell it because it's so impossible to explain with anything other than a spirit. The truth is, just like Crystal, I've also had numerous items disappearing and reappearing, as you'll know if you've listened to this show in the whole first season. I look forward to sharing more of my own experiences with you in the future in the year to come, 2019, and I wish you all the best of luck for the new year. Hopefully, you don't have any pesky poltergeists jacking your goods, but if you do, or if you have any other weird, unexplained experiences to share, then get in touch by sending me, Cal, a message. You can do that through the Facebook page, which is at www.supernaturalstories.ca. How could I forget this next storyteller? From Selkirk, Manitoba, here's Cheryl. Shortly after my husband passed, we had a pit bull, and his name was Bishop. I fell into a depression, eh? so I didn't really go anywhere. I didn't. I stayed in my room all the time. And the poor dog had no dog food. And I was just too tired to get out of bed to go feed him some leftovers in the fridge or something. And he kept coming to my bed and nudging me with his nose. And that was my husband's dog, eh? He went everywhere with the dog, eh? I heard this loud noise. So I got up right away, went running, and I turned and I looked on my counter, and there was my blender going full speed. So I went to turn it off, right? It was pressed on 10, and I hit the off button. All of a sudden, I look, and it's not even plugged in. (gasps) And there's my dog, my bishop, standing there looking at me, head turned to the side. I just felt a warmth right away. To me, it was my old man telling me, get up out of bed and go feed the dog. (laughs) And that's how he got me out of bed. He turned on that blender. He had a smell to him that was unique. He worked at a lumber yard. He always smelled like cedar and weed because he smoked weed. You know, not, not every man smells like that, you know? I was standing there like I was in awe, not scared, just like Mort got me out of bed to see Bishop, you know. From standing beside the stove where our island was, that's where he used to sit all the time and have a drink, and that was his spot. All of a sudden, I just felt this warmth go through my body, and I could smell that cedar, the the fresh cut wood and the weed smell, and I could just feel the warmth of his hug, like somebody had put their arms around me and was hugging me. I just started bawling right there, and I knew it was him. That is another story from episode 4, Death Part 2. It's a really touching episode, so go back and listen to the stories if you haven't yet. This next one is again from Cheryl, from the episode that came out before that one on UFOs. We lived out in the country. We've seen UFOs. My sister had one in Edmonton. Uh, they were transported out of the car, and they lost like eight hours. They don't know what happened. My sister, who didn't drive, was in the driver's seat, and my other sister was in the passenger seat. Yeah, and they have these scars on their, like, little scabs, and I get them once a year, every year for the past 20-something years. Since this happened to them, they get these little dots in between their fingers and their toes, 
when that happened to them it's the anniversary they'll get these little like they said like scabs and they they get itchy and um yeah they had those on their body and they had these three little marks on the back of their ears behind their earlobe they don't know where they went they they lost eight hours the clock radio to her vehicle had stopped they have dreams of aliens and i told them go see a medium or go see these people they'll help you you know but they're always too scared to because they're too scared to let people find out and then they'll think they're crazy yeah but it's more common than people think you know i was like eight nine years old and my friend was sleeping over and there was this my mom and dad laughed at me but i knew what me and my friends seen, we were terrified. And it came right over top of our house. There was no sound to it. And that's why my mom and dad laughed at me because they said I imagined it. If it had been a plane, they would have heard it, right? But it had little windows around the, the uh, on the front of it. And it was so low that the, the hydro wires were vibrating from it wasn't wind, I, I don't even know what it was, but it was like a vibration almost, and it was kind of like that, and it made the wires do that. And it kind of like, it was so low that I could see tracks, two long tracks underneath it. But we seen the windows at the front, and it just came over top of us, and then we ran to the corner, which was only a house away, because we lived in the country. It was just all field. And we just seen that thing just shoot off up into the sky, and it was gone. Me and my friend, we talked about that for weeks, but we were kind of shunned because, you know, we got laughed at. Oh, you're crazy. You didn't, you, you didn't see something like that. It wasn't a UFO. It was a, you know, and it's like, so we didn't talk about it after that. You know, we were only, like, young, like, nine maybe ten at the time you know I was going back uh, to my community and I was on the highway and I seen this orange light and it looked like you know those street lamps they're orange mm -hmm. well that's what I seen over top of the bush and it illuminated the whole top of the bush I drove off the highway and onto the gravel road and I followed it and as I followed it, it just kind of just stayed in the sky and it, it got brighter. Like the whole, the whole bush was just bright orange. It, it was in, in a marsh actually where that light was. And it turned out like the whole community, it's a small community. A whole bunch of them drove over there because everybody's seen it. And they were taking pictures of it and videotaping it. And it just took off. But it stayed over top of that bush for like at least five minutes where everybody's seen it. Then my cousin, him and his friend, they were they were on their bikes and uh, they had flashlights. And they went over to where it was, as close as they could get to it. And they took their flashlights and they started flashing where the light was. They said all of a sudden, this beam came shooting towards them where they were on the road with their bikes because they had stopped eh, in the middle of the road and they freaked they got so terrified they just dropped their flashlights took off on their bikes running and then the beam just disappeared and then that's when the light shot straight up in the sky and like not just i saw it a whole bunch of people seen it in the community 
we continued to see that light maybe from the spring to late fall, and then we didn't see it again. If there's going to be an overarching theme to this show, Supernatural Stories, it is that these strange events really do happen. They're not just stories of fantasy, fiction, delusion. In fact, they happen, as Cheryl said, more often than almost anyone thinks. Why is it that we've ended up in a time of such doubt and scientifically sterilized culture? Our society, especially so in Canada, has moved towards recognizing only the importance of science and discounting everything not yet studied properly. There is the saying that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. That's preposterous because who's to say what is extraordinary before having truly looked and searched to find what is ordinary? Never mind these lazy scientists who think they know it all to discover the truth behind these phenomena. There are real qualified parapsychologists and ufologists among the many charlatans. These true leaders in the field provide the very little discussion around these subjects, those like Russ Targ, Rupert Sheldrake, and Jacques Vallée. But unless you've heard some true accounts for yourself or you're one of the curious few, you're likely to never hear about these people. By creating a place for Canadians to share their true stories of the supernatural, I hope that more people can have the bravery to share the stories when so many have doubted them and told them they're nuts. We can create a kind of neutral space so as a culture we can discuss these topics without needing to be mocked and derided by skeptics. I too have heard it all before. I've had such a large number of paranormal occurrences and I've had just as many people doubting them. What I really want from this show though is to hear more of your stories. In time, people will look back and hopefully see that there's more happening than is being reported in the news on CBC or CNN or BBC. There's a whole world of unexplained phenomenons waiting to be learned about. That's our world. It's crazy. We don't understand the most fundamental aspects of how it works or what it is, what consciousness is, what psychic phenomena are, but that's what we've got. If more of us share our stories, then more people will open their eyes to the bigger picture. And once you've done that and are aware of the possibility of what is out there, then you won't doubt that you are psychic. You won't disbelieve that your dreams can give you real information or that you can have communication with spirits. Please send any stories you want to tape for the show to me, Cal Goodbaum, via the page at www.supernaturalstories.ca. You can also email at supernaturalstoriescanada at gmail.com. Finally, it's the end of the year, and I want to ask if any generous listeners can feel it in their hearts to contribute towards the podcast. I've spent most of my spare money for the last year to host the show, do postering, sponsoring posts online, and trying to reach a larger audience. So in doing so, more people will hear about the show and send their stories in. If you want to help with that, you can go to www.patreon.com supernatural stories, or you can also find a PayPal link on the Supernatural Stories page. The biggest help, though, is to tell your friends and co-workers and loved ones about the show. If you enjoy it, then the odds are they will too. If you become the person who knows all the best underground podcasts, then that makes you win 2018. Thank you very much for listening. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. Music featured in this show is by Anonymous Choir with Unus X Disciples Mice, 23 and Beyond the Infinite with From the Future to You, Yoke Absorbing with Lady Gaga and Miroslav Tashi Merged, Droyekskin with Didgeridoo 3, Bessie Smith with My Sweetie Went Away, Ben Sound with Sci-Fi, and Poddington Bear with Tom York at Home. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural in Canada. Please leave a review on iTunes or Google or Facebook if you like the show. I appreciate it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time.